Welcome to the Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast, inside the business, buzz, and brilliance of Black entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Thank you for joining us for Black Entrepreneur Experience. This is where we shine the light on the most successful Black entrepreneurs in the world. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Today, we are so honored to have Christo Kendrick, president of The Voice of Your Customer, founded in 2005 primarily as a secret shopping company. The Voice of Your Customer is a full-service marketing firm headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome, Crystal, and thank you for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've shared a snippet of your bio. I will allow you to fill in the gap. What would you like our audience to know about you and your company? Well, um, I think the some of the most, most interesting things that uh, make the voice of your customer unique from other businesses is that we are a marketing consulting firm that really specializes in three areas. We do market research, which includes focus groups and uh, data analysis and online research. We also do secret shopping, which uh, for government agencies and many of our other clients uh, is, a, is a prominent industry. And we've really worked with some agencies to bring justice to consumers and to uh, users, end users of products. And then the last thing we do is media and outreach campaigns. And we have a very unique strategy to reach hard to reach populations that has taken us around the state of Ohio and throughout the Midwest. And we've also consulted with companies outside of the area to help them use the same approach in their region. So we're pretty pleased about our success and our our product offering and our clients and really the impact that we've had on consumers and and people in the state of Ohio and throughout the Midwest. Tell us, how do you define success? What does that look like for you and how long did it take to manifest in your life and in your business? Well, I think a lot of people think success means wealth or success means uh, your doors stay open. But, um, you know, success for me is when you do good work for your clients and they can they come back to you or they refer you to others. Success also means that you establish a good place for people to work. Uh, we, we strive to offer a workplace environment that is a competitive advantage for us and for our clients. And when you have a positive working environment, You tend to retain top talent, you tend to attract top talent, and uh, your customers recognize that as well. We also look at success as giving back to our community in a meaningful way. So we are very involved in the local community uh, with African Americans as well as the arts and our neighborhood associations. We try to be good stewards of our community as well. And so to me, success is really threefold. It's the ability to attract and retain good customers. It's the ability to create a positive working environment that attracts and retains good employees. And it's also your ability to be a good community steward, which means you help others who help your business. So take us on the journey of you starting your company in 2005. How did you decide this was the business for you? And what was that aha moment that 
you knew it was going to be successful, that you had a niche? Well, I actually started the business as a secret shopping firm. I was doing secret shopping for friends and for colleagues uh, who owned uh, small businesses in the community. My background was always marketing and customer service. And so I can remember in the mid-2000s when friends of mine were starting businesses and restaurants and uh, eateries and other things of that nature. And because I was experienced in customer service, they would ask me to secret shop their businesses for them. And I would do that. So word got out that Crystal was doing secret shopping. And uh, before I knew it, people started asking me to do this for them around the community uh, various nights of the week. I still had, uh, as my friends and family would say, a good corporate job, but I was doing this on nights and weekends. And doing it on nights and weekends became a bit more that I could handle with my good corporate job. So I prayed about it, and I talked to my friends and family about it, and I decided to start charging and doing secret shopping as a part-time job. And that just grew into more and more opportunities. And in 2007, actually May 1st, 2007, nearly 10 years ago today, um, I decided to uh, launch the business full time and kind of see what happened. And so it turned out to be wonderful. Uh, life has moved on. I've, I've had what I deem to be as a successful business, and I've been able to, to provide for my family and my community and my employees, and uh, it, just, it just started that way. It doesn't start that way for everyone. Most people don't back into a full-time business. Most people start with a business plan and move forward, but whatever your route to entry is, it's, it's your route, so own it, manage it, and make it successful. Thank you for that, Crystal. What is one valuable lesson you wish you knew before starting your business? You know, as a, as a, as a single person, I um, started the business and, and did very well. What I did not realize is that when you start a business, your opportunity for personal credit changes dramatically. So when I was in corporate and, and I wanted to purchase a car or a house or refinance a loan or do anything with a line of credit, it was very easy. I just needed to provide two pay stubs or a statement of employment or anything like that. And I could get whatever I wanted. When I became a small business owner, Typically, you have to wait three to five years to have access to any lines of personal credit. And that really put a hamper on my personal life because even though my business was doing well and we were winning awards and we were being recognized nationally, I did not have three solid years of profitability for our business. And so it really affected my ability to do things personally. And I really went from a personal individual who used lines of credit in a wise way 
to a person like many other small business owners who tend to be um, tend to pay more cash for items. So I would tell people that who, people who want to start a business to really understand how it affects your personal life, your personal lines of credit, and what you need to do to ensure that for the next three to five years, you may not need a personal line of credit if your business is your sole source of income. That is really some good information. Thank you for sharing that, Christo. And what is a daily or weekly habit that you do consistently that has given you the greatest success? Well, you know, our habits change over the years. Uh, in my 30s, a, day, a, a good habit was to get up early and to work as many hours as I possibly could. And, um, you know, I was still young and I could still see 10-point type. And, uh, you know, there were, there were a lot of, I had a lot of energy at that time. You know, as, you know, 10 years later, a lot of things change physically for us. Um, you know, technology becomes more challenging. Um, uh, you know, your body is, is different. Uh, we are aging differently. And so my daily habits as a younger person are different uh, than they are today. And I believe that I'm much more effective today. Today, I really try to focus on getting a good night's sleep. Because the worst thing in the world is to try to come to work and function when you don't have a good night's rest, when you're tired. You tend to eat more, nibble more, uh, snap at people more, and that's just not a good thing. So I really try to get a good night's rest, and I really try to take one hour a day to exercise. Whatever that exercise is, if it's a walk in the park, if it's a walk on the treadmill, if it is a stroll through the mall, whatever it is, I just try to take one hour a day where I turn off my devices, I disconnect from everyone else, and I just spend some time either on myself or thinking about things without interruption. And you will be amazed at the, the ideas that are generated, the way you feel after you've taken a walk or done some sort of exercise or just had one hour where you have disconnected and just really spent time with yourself. And so when I do that, I am much more energized I'm much more methodical, and I'm much more energetic um, when it comes to my workday and, and time with my friends and family. So how do you marry, blend, balance your personal life, family life with your business life? So that is not easy for anyone. And as a small business owner, you tend to, you, you spend, you know, every hour of your day thinking about your business, whether you're working on your business or in your business. As an entrepreneur, your business is your life. But I do try all the more earnestly to have a personal life through my business's philanthropy. I enjoy the arts. I enjoy local sports. I enjoy um, spending time with children. And so through our business's philanthropy, uh, we sponsor different uh, local arts events and activities that allows myself and my staff to enjoy some of the things that are happening in our city. And we tend to spend time either serving our children or providing opportunities for the children in our community that brings 
you know, the smiles and joys of young people to our lives as well. So the, the way I try to balance business and personal is to try to do the good of my business for things that interest me and my employees. Crystal, who are your top two influencers in your life and what lessons did they teach you? Wow. Um, so, you know, everyone will say their parents uh, because they are the greatest influence in our lives. The, the, the person, the people who raise you. Um, everyone will talk about educators and, there, and a lot of people will talk about, um, you know, extended family. But, you know, if, if I move beyond the, the obvious, who have been phenomenal in my life, I've had an amazing life, I had a wonderful childhood filled with many privileges, I would not change a thing, and, and they really shaped my life. But, but to be creative and to look beyond um, the obvious, I would have to say that there have been mentors in the minority business community. Um, if any, any of your listeners are... are eligible for any type of inclusion initiatives, women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, etc. I would strongly encourage them to participate in those networks because there are people in those networks who, um, uh, you know, will mentor you and tell you all the things you need to know about being an entrepreneur either in your industry or in your community. And so um, I've, I've had some phenomenal opportunities to meet with some of the largest minority business owners in the country here in Southwest Ohio who have done wonderful things for me and my business and who have really uh, guided my energy in a productive way. So, um, so that's one set of people. And then the other set of people who really motivate me are my staff because you know, when you have staff, you get to know them, you get to know their families, you get to know their dreams and their aspirations. And you realize that every decision you make affects their ability to meet their dreams and, and hopes for themselves and their families. And so my motivation every day to come in and work hard and do the right thing and give back comes from the, the individuals who commit themselves to working on a small business, which is very different than working in corporations. And they base their livelihood and their families on the success of this company. And so they really motivate me to do the right thing, to do it the right thing all the time, and to continue to work hard for the company and the staff so that everyone will live prosperously. Thank you for that, Crystal. What is a technology tool or technology platform that is a must-have for you in managing your business? Oh, wow. You know, there are a lot of tools available, and I have written several uh, blog posts and things about the things that have helped my business to be creative. So I'll just tell you about a couple of them. Number one is Microsoft Office 365. They have mastered that tool of automatic upgrades and downloads from the cloud. They have enabled me to use, you know, to sign on to my network and my email from my desktop, from my home desktop, from all of my mobile devices. So I'm extremely well connected and I can work anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Um, they also do the automatic downloads now, 
So it has drastically reduced it my reduced my IT charges where I used to have to have people come in and install different devices every time we had a new computer. My, you know, my IT bill is almost non-existent today thanks to Microsoft Office and uh, Office 365 and their ability to connect with the different Windows systems. So that's one. Another tool I would say that has to be very helpful is QuickBooks. QuickBooks has, you know, gone above and beyond to assist small businesses uh, with not only their uh, accounting and bookkeeping, but also payroll. They uh, they do all the automatic payroll systems now, so you don't have to think about those things. Um, they group and segment different parts of your business, and they, their mobile apps and their uh, desktop apps are just absolutely um, uh, phenomenal, and, and they are just critical to the financial aspect of my business. So that would make number two. And then I would have to say... Uh, number three would be to um, uh, look at just all cloud-based technology and try to figure out, um, you know, how to use cloud-based technology instead of the disks that we used to have over the years um, that will allow you to better manage your online systems um, without the support of, you know, IT representatives. So just really, like I said, Microsoft Office 365, QuickBooks has been phenomenal for me, as well as any other cloud-based technology that um, downloads to your system and connects with the software that you use. Let's shift gears a little bit, Crystal. Let's talk about risk or failure. What is the worst moment in business and what was that takeaway for you? Um, the worst moment in business for me is when I had an employee steal my identity. And, you know, when you have a small business, you have to be able to trust people. If I can't trust someone to run to the store or open the mail or, uh, you know, make a bank deposit or anything like that, if I have to do all of those things myself, I will never grow. And so I had an employee for many, many years who worked very hard, was very committed to the business and uh, all the things that we were doing, and she ended up stealing my identity. And I think I was kind of more hurt than I was angry to start because I really, really trusted this employee and thought that she had a tremendous future with us. Um, Unfortunately, uh, you know, we had to go through the court hearings, the court cases, the processes, insurance claims based on the dollar value that she stole uh, by stealing my identity. And so that was just a, a sad moment for me. It was it was almost like my bubble was burst. Um, someone let the air out of my balloon because I trusted this person so, so much. But it also in, encouraged me to to put in better controls in my office. So this happened around 2012. We have technology today that is much more advanced so that, um, you know, you see automatically via notifications when something happens with any of your financial accounts. And, you know, we can sign on and see different things differently. Uh, I also changed my insurance policies to ensure that my employee dishonesty policy was 
uh, adequate for the size and scope of our business today. And I also had to change some of our recruiting strategies to do national background checks and not just local background checks. So I learned a lot. Um, I'm glad I learned it in 2012 and not today. But um, that was a that was a pretty low point for me because I was just really hurt and disappointed in the process. Yes, thank you for that. I also have been a, a victim of identity theft, not from an employee. I can only imagine the um, the feeling that has. But anytime we're violated, that is really um, it's not a good feeling, and it does take a while to kind of. Um, regroup from something of that magnitude. Thank you for sharing those valuable lessons in reference to protecting your identity and putting um, processes in place in reference to, um, you know, growing your business. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Talk to the person in our audience that um, they want to start a business, but they're fearful. They're working a nine to five. And they know that they're um, out of their lane. And what advice would you offer them? Well, one thing that I tell people all the time is, is timing. Timing is so key to starting a business. Because it has to be the right time for you personally. That means your health your finances, your mindset, um, it, you know, et cetera, where you are in your career, your knowledge about what you're trying to do. It also has to, to do with the business itself. Is this a product or service that is needed in the market? Is the market saturated so the only entry to market is being the lowest cost provider? Or do you have a niche for the market? And more importantly, is there a demand for the market or can you afford to sustain yourself until the demand is reached? The other thing I would say is to ensure that it is the right time for your family and all the people who care about you. Because I can tell you some of the most successful business people have, you know, really struggled with their family life and even, you know, ended up in divorce or court or some other things because starting a business, it wasn't the right time for their family to start a business. There were other things happening in their lives. There were other things happening in their relationships. There were other things happening financially that really put a strain on those relationships. And so I would just really encourage the person to, one, determine if it's the right time for you in all aspects of you to ensure that there is a demand for the market and that you understand where you are in that demand and you have enough resources to ensure that you can at some point become profitable. And the third thing that is the right time for your family, your, your spouse, your children, any relatives for whom you care. Um, just to be sure that they support you in that effort as well. Um, and when you do those things, you'll have a winning combination. But if any one of those three things doesn't work out well, you're likely to struggle in starting your business. The other thing I tell people is to try for as long as you possibly can to retain another source of income while you start a business. 
So whether that other source of income is working at another job, if it is, uh, you know, uh, rental properties or uh, Social Security or, or whatever you're getting, you know, try all the more earnestly to, to work to sustain that other income while you are creating a business because it takes a while for a business to be truly become sustainable and profitable. And many times you need some other source of income to keep your lifestyle going and to enable you to get the lines of credit you need to sustain your business. So, um, you know, those are the things that I would just really encourage people to look at. And to ensure that the timing is right. And if all of those things are right, it's the right time for you. It's the right time for your family. It's the right time for the market. It's the right thing for you to do. And you have um, enough stashed in your coffers to make your business profitable. You are bound to be successful. Crystal, tell us what book would you recommend and why? You know, there are many, many business books uh, that tell you how to do something or how to structure your day or how to be uh, a good manager, etc. But, you know, I still go back to the woman's version of the International Bible. And that is because um, in my woman's Bible, there are stories that helped me understand the text of the Bible. And I can search any subject that is on my mind or in my heart, and I will learn from a biblical perspective how to handle or resolve an issue. And there's typically a story that, or, or an explanation that goes along with uh, what is being said in the Bible. That helps me to uh, understand what the situation could mean for me and it will help me understand or you or have the right words to explain it to others, especially when it comes to leading and guiding staff and talking to employees and people delivering bad news or even good news and how to remain humble through all of your success. And so. For me, I still use my woman's Bible. There was a time when it was a printed copy. I now have an electronic copy that I can search and sends me daily motivational tips. And that's what works for me. Because I'll tell you, management strategies change, financial strategies change, outlooks change, markets change, the economy changes. But I'll tell you what, the word from the Lord never changes. It doesn't change for me. And that's what keeps me going. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Christo. Thank you so much. And that was really um, a good a good um, tip. And, a, and it's an excellent book. And it's interesting that you would say that because um, I was on a podcast um, doing an interview and someone asked me that same question. And I said exactly what you said, not the um, women's version, but just the Bible itself. And when I listened to the interview later on, they had actually cut that out. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I agree with you a thousand percent on that. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Have a question for you. Crystal, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question 
that you would have asked yourself. And I would like you to also ask the question and give the answer. Uh, the one question I would ask myself. Um, I think the one question I would ask myself is if I had it to do over again, would I have still left my corporate position uh, to start my own business? You know, some people sometimes you look back and you say, would you have done it? Would you have done it differently? And, you know, for a long time, I was worried whether I had done the right thing. Just from a long-term financial perspective to, um, you know, what had happened with the employee stealing my identity. You know, it just kind of went on and on. And today I would say, yes, I would definitely have, you know, started the business. But some things that I would have, I would have done a few things differently. I think that um, I would have tempered my growth. I think that I would have saved differently and invested differently. I wish I would have paid more attention to uh, savings and money that I had in retirement accounts to make them grow higher and faster. And I think that I would have uh, targeted different customers to broaden our, our reach, our, the breadth and depth of our customer base. So those are some things that I would have done a little differently. I think that I would have had a greater impact on employees and uh, my community if I had done a few things differently. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting to ask people at the end of the day, did they do the right thing by starting their own business? I think many people would say yes, but I do think I would have done some things differently so that today I would be able to have an even greater impact on those in my community and in my office. And, and, and Crystal, thank you so much for actually um, asking that question about um, leaving your corporate job and you you indicated it was a good corporate job and I know that in our audience there are individuals that struggling with that today in reference to when is the right time to leave should I leave um, with the fear of leaving and something you had said in the interview um, in the question before that I wanted to bring back up and you had talked about um, actually keeping your nine to five and actually, um, you know, building your credit, your line of credit and, and the impact. And I, I just thank you for being so authentic and transparent with that. And I was chatting with another um, entrepreneur and it was interesting because, and you had alluded to this at the earlier part of the interview about the network and surrounding yourself around mentors. And that's a whole nother topic that we can talk about. And I was telling a story that happened to me when um, I was launching my business and I had gone to a women's organization. I won't mention the name. And they had a mentor mentee um, 
organization or program that they were they were starting and I had an individual that was um, had said that she was going to be my mentor and then after we met for the first time and she realized that I was working a nine to five she decided that it wasn't a good fit because she felt that I should quit the job you know have no income and of course her status and her access to capital was a lot different than mine. And so she was not woman enough to say that. Um, it came back through um, the the um, individual that was starting that program that that was her reason. So there's different food for thoughts out there. So I appreciate your candor and sharing because like you said, it, ha it, it must work for you. It's not about... Um, someone else's journey, we can learn from their journey, but your journey may not be exactly the way someone else started their business. So thanks for that wonderful question. We're going to move. Well, I mean, you no. know, just to be honest, I think we got to keep it real. I mean, every person, um, you know, different people have different access. And so I can tell you as a single African-American female that I don't have the same access as my married colleagues. I don't have the same access as my Caucasian colleagues. And I don't have the same access as my more affluent colleagues. So you have to do what is right for you. And don't let somebody else who has different access and different lines of credit and different friends at the bank and different friends in corporate America who don't require them to go through the proposal process to, to lead you down a path that doesn't work for you. You understand what I mean? Absolutely. That, and, and that's exactly, you, you nailed it because that is so true because Go um, And that's what I was sharing with this other entrepreneur and she had agreed. And um, I look at and, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the what's happening in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I can say being in the state of Nevada, you know, African-Americans starting businesses and my journey is totally different. Um, they called Nevada, you know, Las Vegas, Nevada, you know, Little Mississippi. And so that the whole access to capital and really inspiring or encouraging African-Americans to really start their business or make it easier or not necessarily easier or even access, it's almost null and void. And I'm just talking about my own personal experience. I'm sure that there's others that have had a totally different journey. So I appreciate you saying, Crystal, about keeping it real because that's exactly what Black Entrepreneur Experience is about, mm -hmm. is about sharing the real authentic experience, but being encouraging and inspiring to others to say, you can do it. And, you know, don't ever give up. Don't ever give in. So thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going into the fun facts lightning round. And I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And I want you to give me a very quick answer. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> Crystal, the last movie you saw? Oh, um, a Get Out. You relax doing what? Watching PBS News Hour. 
Your favorite singer? Uh, favorite singer? I guess I have to say Prince. Your favorite dance song? Uh, back in the days from Sorority. I guess I have to say uh, I'm Every Woman. And what food you eat every week, no matter what? I eat a lot of fruit. And your favorite month? It's uh, My favorite holiday is Easter. So whatever month Easter is, is my favorite month, March or April. Yeah, and I agree because back in the day, we knew the month and now it changes. So thank you for that. <laughs> and what is the best way for our audience to connect with you? Um, of course, you can connect with me on social media at B-O-Y-C. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, anything you have on social media would be at B-O-Y-C or Crystal Kendrick in Cincinnati at the voice of your customer. And then um, individuals can also uh, visit my website, crystalkendrick.com, or you can visit thevoiceofyourcustomer.com. And Crystal, share with our audience a parting piece of guidance that you want to offer. A parting piece of guidance is that entrepreneurship is not an individual activity. And if you have any aspirations for becoming an entrepreneur, I would encourage you to talk to those around you, your loved ones, and, um, you know, get them into your idea and work with them, you know, listen to them because many times they are, they will tell you the truth. It's not always what you want to hear, but it is something that is needed to be told or needed to be understood. And once you have your circle supporting you, you will rise very, very high. So, you know, you know, talk to your friends and family, ensure that timing is right. And then, you know, look for some really good mentors. And, and mentors don't always have to be people you know personally. They just have to be people you follow and understand their philosophies. Um, and it's not something that you're just going to wake up one day and walk into a party and say, hey, would you be my mentor? It doesn't work that way. Um, mentors are like any other relationship. They are developed. You get to know someone. You kind of date them for a while, if you will to be sure that you agree that this is some, some relationship that you want to have. And it, it, they just happen. They happen naturally, and you shouldn't force them. If you have to force them, it's not a good one. So uh, ensure that the people around you support your vision for entrepreneurship. Ensure your finances and your health are in line. And then look for mentoring relationships with people who can help and guide you. And most importantly, look for some resources in your community, either your state or your city uh, or the chambers of commerce who can help you along the way. Because I was able to de deflect um, so many challenges and problems from my business just by connecting with the, the advocates for small business in my community. And you can do the same. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. We want to thank Crystal Kendrick, president of The Voice of Your Customer, for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Black Entrepreneur Experience. We would love for you to leave a review and rating on iTunes and share with your friends. For show notes and more episodes, go to www.beepodcast.com. Join us next Wednesday and remember, green is the new black. So keep your bank accounts and your business in the black.